Hey, what's up everyone? This is Jason Tucker and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 226. Today's episode is preparing images for WordPress. Let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Jason Cosper, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow, I'm getting it started this time. Hey, I'm Jason Cosper. I, I teach WordPress, preach WordPress. No, <laughs> I, I work at a WP Engine as a developer advocate. How's it going? Uh, nice, good to have you on. How about you, Sarah? Hi, I'm Sarah Weefald. I'm the project manager at Zeke Interactive in Huntington Beach, California, and uh, we do the design meetup the first Monday of the month here at the office. Awesome. Good to have you on. As always, what about you, William? Hey, William Bay. Uh, I run Flaunt Your Site. Uh, I do custom theme development for photographers. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. Good to have you on. Thanks. What about you, Steve? Hi, I'm Steve Zingit. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter, and I blog over at jasontucker.blog. So today's topic is uh, a little bit near and dear to my heart because every week I spend um, a couple hours preparing a bunch of images, putting them out on the internet, and trying to get people to watch the show. <laughs> and I know a lot of you uh, prepare build websites that are things that allow people to put images on their website, put them into blog posts, put them in social media posts, and just try to promote their their products and services as well as their blog posts out onto the internet. So I thought it was a great uh, great episode for us to be able to sit here and kind of talk about how people go about preparing their images, what things they can do to do, uh, do image preparation, both on um, their mobile device as well as things that they could do just in uh, on their computers. So. Let's talk a little bit about images and um, how WordPress interacts with images, and then we can talk about preparations and all that sort of stuff. So uh, for me personally, I'm thinking we can talk a little bit about images that are being used in blog posts as well as social media images, and then we can kind of expand from there. So uh, what are you folks doing that allows um, your customers or people that use your websites to um, you know, do better with their images? Well, <laughs> nothing. You do nothing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's you the, just make sure you pick a full you image can, and an image shows up on the site and you're good to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's magic. It's kind what? of a strange question in a way because uh, the average client doesn't really have a Photoshop workflow, for instance. So, right. You know, you can give them all the specs that you like of like, hey, you know, you should shoot for images of like, you know, 1280 by however many pixels and, you know, they should be 72 DPI because 300 DPI has no point on the internet. Um, that's a print level uh, resolution which has no use on a screen. Um, but when it comes to, you know, your clients are busy people and they just want to update their content and be done with it, sometimes they'll just upload stuff straight out of their camera. Um, yeah, so I've got, I've got some things to say about that. So, um, <laughs> just a few, nothing, nothing, nothing very many. Well, I mean, I was going to say that there, we, we use several plugins to, you know, resize images when they get uploaded in that manner. Yeah, so, so, um, so DPI doesn't actually have a, uh, a place on the screen at all, right? So uh, when you say 72 DPI versus 300 DPI, there is no DPI on a screen. Um, there, there's the inherent, you know, uh, DPI. But if you're 
uploading images, it doesn't matter if they're 32 or 300 DPI. So when you say, uh, you know, 1,200, you know, uh, uh, pixels wide, that doesn't really have an inherent uh, DPI on a screen. Uh, how do you how do you explain that to your to like the you know the the common folk that are using the site because they're just thinking of it either as resolution or they're thinking as megapixels that they have on their camera right yeah so typically I give them a specific width to export to and I what what I am telling my clients now which are photographers to go ahead and upload three thousand or four thousand wide pixel pixel wide images uh, into WordPress. Um, the reason for that is, yeah, yeah, everyone's going like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah, go on, I'm listening, I'm letting you finish. <laughs> go on. Now, what's, what's really interesting, this kind of threw me off, Matt Mullenweg's been uploading that size images for years, right? Like, you know, and, and at first, you know, he and I had a talk about this uh, at, I think, the, our, the first San Diego WordCamps, about 2011, so as far back as that. He's been, you know, uploading images that size. And so, but now we're at a point because we have responsive image, right? The, the, RC, the RCG that, you know, you guys didn't even talk about last week. <laughs> um, you guys alluded to it. Uh, that actually scales and, and the browser determines what image is going to be displayed. So you can have a full size. And this is something that uh, that they're working on in core right now is creating a separate uh, entity of the full size image as a compressed full size image. Because right now, when you upload the the original image, it doesn't get any compression. Well, it gets like you know some level of compression done to it by WordPress, right? <clears throat> I think it's like it applies like a ninety percent. JPEG compression, um, but they're going to create a new size, new thumbnail size called, I don't know what it is going to be yet, but it's going to be the original size, but with a something like a JPEG mini type of uh, compression applied to it. So you'll have the original size that you can stick in your blog posts, whatever, and then responsive images are going to uh, uh, determine what is actually delivered to the end user. Steve, are you okay over there, my friend? No. No, my hand. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Look, I, I, think, I think that's all great, and I think it's all fine and dandy if you've got a theme that's going to accommodate that, right? But not all themes are created equally. So if you're recommending that somebody upload oh, a, no, no. Full, a full image. Image right? source set is actually built into WordPress. So when you, when you insert a picture, the, it's not an image source. You're not looking. If you look at uh, any. Uh, uh, any WordPress site that's done past 4.4, it the image doesn't return as an image source. It returns with the image source set. I I get that. Yep. Yeah, I, but I understand. there are also a lot of instances where you know you're loading in a background image for a full width, um, you know, panel on a site, and you're pulling in the full res image. Right. Yeah, but like no, we're talking about in the content. Background images is a different thing, okay, and that's why I'm, I'm I, okay. Maybe I punted the theme, but not all areas of the site are created equally, right? Mm -hmm. So not all parts of the site are created equally. And if you're if you have full full size images everywhere on your website, you're talking about a bandwidth killer, man. 
Yeah, like uploading images to your content, yeah, that's going to get resized and that's going to get mm -hmm. compressed. But if you're telling people to, you know, upload 4,000 pixel wide, 300 DPI images for their backgrounds, um, that's going to murder their site. Please, please, yeah, please don't do that. So, <laughs> so to clarify on something William touched on earlier, um, the default compression for WordPress uh, JPEG compression uh, is, is the, the level out of 100 is 82. Oh, okay, um, thanks. Yeah, um, normally um, I have a little uh, functionality stub plugin that I created uh, that pairs all of my images down to 70 because that's what I'm comfortable with, that's what I'm cool with. Uh, there are plugins out there that will allow you um, to kind of pare down or, or up the image size. Uh, if you just uh, Google, what was, how did I find this? Uh, WordPress default image compression. Um, there's a handful of plugins um, out there that'll help you uh, kind of tweak your compression. Um, when you do upload a, a large image, and I, I don't think necessarily that it's it's the best idea. I try to uh, to have a target, but of course I'm um, you know I I'm of a developer mindset. I'm of a you know a server admin mindset where. Um, you know, I'm trying to make sure that all that performance is eked out. Uh, you know, regular users, um, you know, and this is something you guys kind of covered last week on, you know, on compression and things like that. Uh, there are plugins and workflows out there. Um, you know, Save for Web and Photoshop is great, but there's uh, stuff like uh, Imageify, um, you know, Smush, things like that that you can do at the WordPress level uh, mm -hmm. that will that will kind of round off a little bit of how you know crappy a a very large image can be for end users for um, for visitors. Um, but I, I think kind of finding a happy medium. Well, uh, well, Cosper, let's talk about this from your point of view. I'm just, I've yeah. got WP Engine's pricing plans up on my page, right? A All typical right. plan, 100 uh, bucks a month, excuse me, 99 bucks a month, gives you 20 gigs of local storage, right? Mm -hmm. how, many, how many of William's images do you think you can store on that kind of a plan? Well, okay. Four. Um, Four, say right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, all, that all depends. I mean, um, I. I routinely will um, kind of the uh, the lazy man's thing of grab an image from Unsplash when I need, uh, you know, a, a cheaper free, um, you know, stock image for a post or header or whatever. Um, those images uncompressed um, range anywhere from like, I've seen a couple that are two megs. I've seen a few that are 14. Okay. So, so not a lot, right? So, and, and again, right. well, hang, hang you're, on. You're assuming you're assuming that I'm I'm like uploading uncompressed images, right? Yeah, you're it's, you're yeah. assuming that, right? But now <laughs> I'm like, no, you you're uploading to DPI, dude. Yeah. What's that? It's you what just you said you're uploading 300 DPI. What? Okay, I, I, the, we just went over DPI. There is no DPI. Right. There, but, but when you display, yeah, there's no yeah. DPI because it all gets um, cut down yeah. to screen resolution. But when you're talking file size, That's there it. definitely is. I'm talking about file no. size. No, no, there is no inherent DPI in a file, right? So that's kind of like you got to get away from this DPI thing. Think, think pixel size, right? All right, so when, when here's my workflow right i'll just tell you my workflow so you can get kind of handle on it right Please so i will i will create a jpeg right a fourth as say 4000 wide pixel jpeg 
Uh, I, I save that at 90 as a 90 JPEG compression, right? Because I want it to have some quality to it. And then I'll run that through JPEG Mini. I end up with a file that's probably 500K. Okay. Okay. And I'm glad you clarified because what I'm doing is, is I'm clarifying this for our audience, right? We're all power users here on this podcast. Okay. And we all know kind of what we're doing, but if, if, if what you're recommending is somebody takes the raw file out of their camera and starts uploading those to WordPress on a $99 a month plan, they're going to run out of space really fast. And, and I will say that, um, something that, that William mentioned that, uh, I, not, a lot of people don't do is he runs, uh, his images through, uh, an image optimizer right. before uploading it. Uh, I mean, you can do that after you post it on your your host. You can do that before you post it. I like to use Image Optim for that on Mac. Uh, works great. Um, and the lossy compression, I can manage to uh, get something down to where it actually looks as good as the image that I've saved, and um, you know, less than uh, a meg, five hundred k, you know, yeah. things like that. It's um, loss, lossless compression. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I prefer uh, lossy. I, I have some, um, some tweaks that have have gotten it to where I'm like happy with just the, the minor amount of pixelization. Uh, but I, I know that some people aren't, and that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about tools, and I'm not talking about the five of us, right? So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about some of the tools that can be used for prepping images. Cosper um, just mentioned Image Optum, right? I still use Photoshop. I'm an old school guy. I I I, I go in and I tweak my my settings, right? And I uh, I use Safe for Web, and that's that. But I don't do a lot of of what you guys do on a day to day basis. What what do you pan for uh, Photoshop now? What's the what's the going rate on that? I've got a uh, I've got the cloud license, so all of my employees have uh, all of the Adobe tools. We just we just pay them per month. Yeah. I think and it's fifty I was, bucks. I think it's fifty bucks per user per month. That's for the whole suite. When I yes. was, you know, a, a hobbyist photographer and developer myself, I, I think it was like ten bucks a month, and I got Photoshop and Lightroom. Yep. Yep. Yeah. A really good. Really good deal. Yep. I, uh, I I am uh, a little cheaper than that, and uh, I, I don't necessarily enjoy Adobe products. Um, I I personally prefer uh, Pixelmator. Um, which is a fine tool if you're on a Mac. Um, I am not sure what the going rate on it is anymore. I think I got in when it was uh, 50 or $60. Um, but um, it does uh, a lot of what Photoshop will do uh, if you just kind of need to make some minor image tweaks. Um, it really gets the job done. Um, and, and really, that's all I need it for. And let's be clear, Photoshop is way overkill for what I'm doing uh, these yeah. days in, with photos, right? I, I only use it because I receive Photoshop files from our designers, and that's that that's the source. So that's why I have Photoshop on my desktop. You probably could get away with just using Preview on the Mac and just using that to uh, resize your images and stuff Pro like that. Probably, yeah. And, or if, if you really want to go old school freebie, there's uh, always GIMP, which is... Uh, <laughs> Poorly named, but um, freely available for uh, for any platform that you have. Uh, if, if you're if if you're if you have a com a computer 
that's like an old Dreamcast running NetBSD, there is a version of GIMP for it. <laughs> it is totally cool. Most of the technologies on a community are poorly named, by the way. You had to bring out the GIMP. <laughs> GIMP sleeping. Yeah, Sketch is also one that our developer team has liked a lot. Sketch? Yeah, yeah Sketch. Mm-hmm. Sketch or Sketch? Uh, there's both. Sketch. There is Sketch and there is Sketch. So, so the screenshot tool made by Ever, um, Evernote, and yes. the other one is the one for doing um, images for the web. Right. Sketch is the one for the web images, right? right. That the, the vector images. Yeah. So so that one helps you make vector images that appear real nice uh, and close at any screen resolution. So whether you have a Retina device or not, it looks nice. It, it is interesting, and it is good that you brought up Sketch. I use Sketch as part of my workflow every day. I do a lot of screenshots for, um, you know, this should look a little different, or um, here's what I'm seeing when I view a page in my browser, or something like that. Um, and and sometimes I do blog posts around that sort of thing. So that's good for uh, a, a quick markup tool that, um, you know, of course, you have the screenshotting tool built into Mac OS. Uh, not sure what Windows has done because I've been a Mac user for like 15 years now. So, yeah, and if you're, Sketch is rad because the you, yes, you've got the screenshot. You can take a screenshot, but once you bring in the Sketch, you can do those fun little markup things. Exactly. If you're um, scared or afraid of Evernote, um, you can also use something called Dropler. Yeah, Dropler's great. That's a good one too. I, I use a super old version of Sketch that I can actually uh, SFTP images up to my own. Uh, image host, so I never have to worry about Evernote going away. Nice. But uh, that, that's that's just some nerd crap that I do. So, <laughs> so what we, about people on the go? About, are we worried about Evernote going away? Is are you should always be worried about a third-party service going uh, away? Yeah. Yes. No, you should expect it. Okay. I do. I do a lot of my image manipulation and things um, on the go, mainly on my iPhone. Um, I don't do blogging on my iPhone or anything like that. It would it'd be whatever Siri thinks that I'm saying in, in English would be a, would be a written. But I do a lot of image manipulation and um, text stuff um, on my iPhone, and there's a bunch of tools that I use for that. What was, um, the, what was the rad one you showed me the other day that uh, does the text uh, stuff? Yeah, so the one the one I use for like all of our um, our uh, featured images and everything on the show here is called uh, Word Swag. That's yeah, that and, that was awesome. And then the other one that I use is called Canva, and these are on iOS as well as uh, Android. Um, and then a third one, if you want to do very specific images that have text and stuff overlaid onto it, is um, one by Adobe called Spark Post. Spark Post. Uh huh. So those are the three like big ones that I use for doing um, images for you know spe especially for like social media type images. There is a nice uh, addition to um, there's a version of Pixelmator if you have it on the Mac. Uh, there is also a version of Pixelmator for iOS uh, for uh, iPad, uh, you know, iPhone, etc. Devices. Uh, I have that, and it's nice because uh, it has iCloud syncing. So if you are doing work on Pixelmator on your desktop and want to throw it over to the iPad or vice versa, you take a photo on your phone, uh, do some editing, and want to throw it over your, to your desktop. It's a nice way to kind of uh, to to work with that. Uh, also, uh, if you're kind of doing a little bit of 
uh, photo, you know, manipulation, not necessarily text, but just kind of uh, bring some colors out, some filters. Um, there is a camera app called uh, VSCO, Visual Supply Company uh, makes it. Uh, they do a lot of uh, good filters. Uh, they there's they have a, a whole plethora of um, of pinatas. I mean, of filters um, <laughs> that you can Would you use. Get a plethora. <laughs> See a Wapo. Yes, you'd have a plethora. <laughs> All right, go on. I, I derailed. Go on. No problem. Uh, but th they have a lot of uh, filters that kind of can uh, pull some some shadows out, some things like that. So if, if you need to make some of those uh, tweaks, sometimes it's a lot easier to do with touch controls than it is with a mouse. I, I know that that uh, that's weird, but sometimes you just have to go for the uh, the platform that kind of works best for you. Speaking of that, actually, what you should get is a touchpad if you're on a Mac. If you don't have one on your Mac already, you should get get either an external touchpad or or some some kind of device like this. You should not be using a mouse. <laughs> so Steve, wow, Steve, check you out. I know. No, it's all about the Wacom. <laughs> I've always said that Wacom. Some people say Wacom. Wake, wake yeah. Some people say Wacom. Wacom. <laughs> Wacom. I, mean, I did one of those in school, and I hated the heck out of it. So now that I've got like an iPad Pro with the little pencil finger, I love that. Those are nice. The uh, there's definitely the the Wacoms have definitely uh, improved since you were in school. So um, they're, they're, if you, you, they've even got the Cintiq where you could actually uh, draw on top. The the thing that's nice is the pressure sensitivity, um, but I've heard really great things about the the iPad Pro and the pen. So for those people that are um, that are iOS only, but they're trying to do um, image resizing, image resizing on iOS is like near impossible. Um, one of the tools that I use is um, the software called uh, Photo Extension Resize, and it's actually an extension built into iOS that you open up an image, you click on the little share sheet. And then you can select resize, and you can actually resize it based on the dimensions and everything. Then upload those to your website. So, if you want to do that and not upload like you know 25 megapixel ridiculousness, you can uh, shrink them down before uploading. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it's pronounced Wacom. That's uh, here, here we go. The, they're the all wrong. They're actually on the Wikipedia page. Or four ways to pronounce it. I was. <laughs> I was waiting for the Wikipedia citation this episode. There you go. Uh, if you're playing the drinking game at home. <laughs> but according to Steve, it's pronounced GIF. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's GIF or GIF, depending on if you're wrong or not. So let's spend the rest eight, the, let's spend the last eight minutes of this podcast just <laughs> arguing whether it's GIF wrong. or GIF. <laughs> I love it. Good job, oh. Steve. No one would take your freedom to be wrong away from you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. You know, okay, speaking so speaking of GIF, uh, oh, <laughs> William, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, uh, w once you got your photos up there, one thing that I don't see enough of is people actually using the multiple sizes that are available, right? So, doing a post, you know, you know, and inserting your images at medium and aligning left or right, I don't see that enough. I don't see people actually doing that. Um, and creating unique flows through throughout their content. I think that's kind of uh, important to do. And then um, one thing that came out in 3.9 was the uh, HTML5 support for um, uh, for figure and figure caption. And those, if you're a theme designer, you should be incorporating those. They, they're not 
part of the original HTML5 support, you actually have to add those to um, the, the figure and the figure caption. But uh, once you got that, now you have captions and you don't actually necessarily need to focus on alt tags anymore. You can add a caption, which is a little bit superior to alt tags when it comes to SEO. Um, and screen readers will read the captions if the alt tag is missing as well. So um, just a couple little things to be thinking of when you're actually writing content and adding your images into the content. What if you hate the image sizes that are built into WordPress or built into the theme? I mean, I know there's plugins that are out there that are great for this. Um, the one I've looked at is called uh, Simple Image Sizes. Yep, I know there's plenty idea. of other ones that are out there. Simple Image Sizes is great. That's that's a really easy one for the end user to recreate or create new uh, theme sizes. You can obviously, if you're a theme developer, you want to be creating different size thumbnails as well for you know, not not just the content, but for any area where you're incorporating images and they need to be sized a little bit differently. If you have, and if you're watching, if you have, have no idea what we're talking about, right, you might want to just take your, your page or your post and run it through Pingdom tools because it'll break down the, the assets for you that are on the page and tell you if you've got an extra, you know, a, a long load time on a particular asset, right? So it, let's say, let's say uh, to William's point, let's say you've, you have somebody that's loaded in an image, right, and they put the full size images in the post, but they've resized it down, right? They've used that little resizing tool and resized it down to really small, right? That's a bad idea, but just looking at the at the post, you might, if you're not technical, you might not be able to tell what's going on. Something like Pingdom Tools or even YSlow uh, will tell you, it, it, you know, if you've got a, an asset that's 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 taking a long time to load. I guess the thing is for for like the people that have never used something like Pingdom Tools is that they don't even really understand like is two megs too much. Yeah. Is five megs too much? Is you know thirty megs too much? You well, know, like and, yeah. and what's great about Pingdom Tools is at the top of it, I just ran it on our on our site. It gives you a grade, right? I'm not going to tell you what our grade is. It gives you <laughs> a it gives you a performance grade. So it kind of puts it in plain English as to you know if your page is taking a long time to load. Uh, forgetting our performance grade for a second because we, we, we're, we're getting dinged on some other things. Our load time is 1.15 seconds. I just ran it on the homepage of Zeke, and it says it's faster than 87% of the sites that are tested. So I think we're doing pretty well there as far as load time goes. Nice. And you know, the, what William was saying earlier about having those images optimized for mobile and also being able to use the various uh, tools that are built into WordPress to, you know, select the right image based on, you know, that viewport size and stuff. Um, does Pingdom Tools or any of those other tools kind of take that into account? Like, how is this going to load on the mobile site? Uh, I don't believe Pingdom Tools does that. Um, there, the closest thing I think of that, off the top of my head, that does that is that that uh, that Google. Uh, mobile responsive checker tool. I don't even know that that's still relevant anymore. There's um, also in after mobile getting it was a big deal. Sorry, William. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Google Chrome developer tools. You can do um, was it like the emulation of different devices? Yeah, and and you can do uh, you can use your timeline to see what that uh, displays as. Sarah, what's the um, tool that we use to simulate other browsers? Is it uh, browser I stack? Sorry? Browser stack. So does browser stack also uh, emulate a device? Like what William's saying? Okay, so as well. browser stack's an option for you there too. Yeah, browser stack's awesome. 
So I know we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I, I did want to mention uh, we, we 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 kind of touched on GIF just slightly, just just a little bit. Um, but um, you know, a GIF is an image, turns out, um, and um, including GIFs on your um, on your page uh, can manage to really drive up um, the the bloat, the the size of your page, things like that. Um, I personally use uh, a tool uh, called, uh, it's a plugin called Son of GIF V. Um, it uses the Imager API um, and uh, effectively converts uh, the GIF back to like a, an MPEG-4 movie uh, and you can serve up that compressed image. It's, it's kind of, it's what Twitter does already. That's what Imager does uh, to, to send that uh, image across in uh, image at this point, it's a video across in uh, you know a few hundred k rather than like six megs, eight megs, twelve megs. So Is that about how big animated gifs are. I had no idea. Yo, know, they can be. Yeah. So so about those, um, I mean, especially when you're using a lot of them on your site because they're in a very effective way to uh, communicate. I mean, I, I I find myself using the uh, the one of. Um, uh, Nathan Fillion on Castle doing the uh, mm, mm, thing a lot. Yep. That it speaks to me. It expresses my feelings. Uh, <laughs> but if you're uploading any funny gifs like that to your site, uh, gif, Steve, don't interrupt me to be wrong. If you're gonna interrupt me. Be right. Anyway, it's um, gif. <clears throat> so when where was I even going with this? I broke Sarah. Thank you so yep. much. You're yep. great. If you're uploading those to your site, oh, people are going to find them in Google Image Search and link directly off of your. Or people like me are going to find it on Google Image Search and use all your bandwidth um, posting your funny gifs all over the internet. So use a service like Giphy to host all of your funny. Let them be your CDN, right? Yes. yes. Cool. Yep, that's about it. It's eleven thirty. Thank you very much for all of you for being on the show, hanging out with us. Um, learning how to pronounce GIF or GIF incorrectly or correctly, depending on if you're right or wrong. It's GIF. And it's actually GIF, you know. Yeah, it's GIF, it's but it's GIF. It's, GIF. <laughs> it's, uh, so, it's three to two on this podcast, so that's, and that's, we, we just decided. But, but Jason was 12 years decided. old when he heard about it, and he didn't have any audio of anybody else saying it. So in my head, that's the way I say it. So sorry, I'm right. Okay, that's about it, well. folks. Thank you for hanging out on being on the show. We really appreciate it. If you like this show, you like all the stuff that we're doing, make sure you go to our website at dpwatercore.com. Click on the links there to subscribe. If you like this particular video and you're watching on YouTube, which it looks like a lot of you folks are, click on the little thumbs up button and hit subscribe. Lastly, we're asking for your opinions. Make sure you go to our website at dpwatercore.com/opinion and leave your opinion over there. We would really appreciate it. Click on the GIF while you're over there. Definitely. Definitely click on those GIFs. All right, guys. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.